A Passes to India, Chapter 19 Hamidullah was the next stage. He was waiting outside the superintendent's office and sprang up respectfully when he saw Fielding. To the Englishman's passionate, it's all a mistake, he answered. Uh, uh, has some evidence come? It will come, said Fielding, holding his hand. Oh, uh, yes, Mr. Fielding. But when once an Indian has been arrested, we do not know where it will stop. His manner was differential. You are very good to greet me in this public fashion. I appreciate it. But, Mr. Fielding, nothing convinces a magistrate except evidence. Did Mr. McBride make any remark when my card came in? Do you think my application annoyed him? Will prejudice him against my friend at all? If so, I will gladly retire. He is not annoyed. And if he was, what does it matter? Uh, it's all very well for you to speak like that. But we have to live in this country. The leading barrister of Chandrapur, with the dignified manner and Cambridge degree, had been rattled. He too loved Aziz and knew he was calumniated. But faith did not rule his heart and he prated of policy and evidence in a way that saddened the Englishman. Fielding, too, had his anxieties. He didn't like the field glasses or the discrepancy over the guide, but he relegated them to the edge of his mind and forbade them to infect its core. Aziz was innocent, and all action must be based on that, and the people who said he was guilty were wrong and it was hopeless to try to propitiate them. At the moment when he was throwing in his lot with Indians, he realized the profundity of the gulf that divided him from them. They always do something disappointing. Aziz had tried to run away from the police. Muhammad Latif had not checked the pilfering. And now Hamidullah, instead of raising and denouncing, he temporized. Are Indians cowards? No, but they are bad starters and occasionally zip. Fear is everywhere. The British Raj rests on it. The respect and courtesy Fielding himself enjoyed were unconscious acts of propitiation. He told Hamidullah to cheer up. All would end well, and Hamidullah did cheer up and became pugnacious and sensible. McBride's remark, If you leave the line, you leave a gap in the line, was being illustrated. First and foremost, the question of jail. Application must be made this afternoon. Fielding wanted to stand surety. Hamidullah thought the Nawab Bahadur should be approached. Why drag in him? In him? Though, to drag in everyone was precisely the barrister's aim. He then suggested that the lawyer in charge of the case would be a Hindu. The defense would then make a wider appeal. He mentioned one or two names, men from a distance, who would not be intimidated by local conditions, and said he should prefer Amrit Rao, a Calcutta barrister, who had a high reputation professionally and personally but who was a notoriously anti-British. Fielding demurred 
This seemed to him going to the other extreme. Aziz must be cleared, but with a minimum of racial hatred. Amrit Rao was loathed at the club. His retention would be regarded as a political challenge. Oh no, we must hit with all our strength. When I saw my friend's private papers carried in just now in the arms of a dirty policeman, I said to myself, Amrit Rao is the man to clear up this. There was a lugubrious pause. The temple bell continued to jangle harshly. The interminable and disastrous day had scarcely reached its afternoon. Continuing their work, the wheels of dominion now propelled a messenger on a horse from a superintendent to the magistrate with an official report of arrest. Don't complicate. Let the cards play themselves. Entered Fielding as he watched the man disappear into dust. We are bound to win. There's nothing else we can do. She will never be able to substantiate the charge. This comforted Hamidullah, who remarked with complete sincerity, At a crisis, the English are really unequaled. Goodbye, then, my dear Hamidullah. We must drop the mister now. Give Aziz my love when you see him and tell him to keep calm, calm, calm. I shall go back to the college now. If you want me, ring me up. If you don't, don't. For I shall be very busy. Goodbye, my dear Fielding. And you actually are on our side against your own people. Yes, definitely. He regretted taking sides. To slink through India unlabeled was his aim. Henceforward, he would be called anti-British seditious. Terms that bored him and diminished his utility. He foresaw that besides being a tragedy, there would be a muddle. Already he saw several tiresome little knots, and each time his eye returned to them. They were larger. Born in freedom, he was not afraid of muddle, but he recognized its existence. This section of the day concluded in a quiver vague talk of with Professor Godbole. The interminable affair of the Russell's Viper was again in question. Some weeks before, one of the masters of, at the college, an unpopular Parsi, had found a Russell's Viper nosing round his classroom. Perhaps it had crawled in of itself, but perhaps it had not, and the staff still continued to interview their principal about it and to take up his time with their theories. The reptile is so poisonous that he did not like to cut them short, and this they knew. Thus, when his mind was bursting with other troubles and he was debating whether he should compose a letter of appeal to Miss Queston, he was obliged to listen to a speech which lacked both basis and conclusion and floated through air. At the end of it, God said, May I now take my leave? Always an indication that he had not come to his point yet. Now I take my leave. I must tell you how glad I am to hear that after all you succeeded in reaching the Marabar. I feared my unpunctuality had prevented you, but you went in Miss, Quest, in Miss Derek's car. I hope the expedition was a successful one.
the news has not reached you yet i can see oh yes no there has been a terrible catastrophe about aziz oh yes that is all round the college well the expedition where that occurs can scarcely be called a successful one said fielding with an amazed stare i cannot say i was not present he started again a most useless operation for no i could see what lay at the bottom of the brahman's mind and yet he had a mind and heart too and all his friends trusted him without knowing why i am most frightfully cut up he said so i saw at once on entering your office i must not detain you but i have a small private difficulty on which i want your help i am leaving your service shortly as you know yes alas and i am returning to my birthplace in central india to take charge of education there i want to start a high school there on sound english lines that shall be as like government college as possible well he sighed tried to take an interest at present there is only vernacular education at mount i shall feel it my duty to cha- change all that i shall advise his highness to sanction at least a high school in the capital and if possible another in each pargana fielding sunk his head on his arms really indians were sometimes unbearable the point the point on which i desire you help is this what name should be given to the school a name a name for a school he said feeling sickish suddenly as he had done in the waiting room yes a name a suitable title by which it can be called by which it may be generally known Re- really i have no names for schools in my head i can think of nothing about our poor aziz have you grasped that at the present moment he is in prison oh oh yes oh no i i do not expect an answer to my question now i only meant that when you are at leisure you might think the matter over and suggest two or three alternative titles for schools i had thought of the mr fielding high school but feeling that the king emperor george the fifth god bully the old fellow put his hands together and looked sleek and charming is aziz innocent or guilty that is for the court to decide the verdict will be in strict accordance with the evidence i make no doubt yes yes but your personal opinion here's a man we both like generally esteemed he lives here quietly doing his work well what's one to make of it would he or would he not do such a thing uh that is rather a different question from your previous one and also more difficult i mean difficult in our philosophy dr aziz is a most worthy young man i have a great regard for him but i think you are asking me whether the individual can commit good actions or evil actions and that is rather difficult for us he spoke without emotion and in short tripping syllables i ask you did he do it or not is that plain i know he didn't and from that i start i mean to get at the true explanation in a couple of days my last notion is that it's the guide who went around with them malice on miss quested's part it couldn't be that though hamidullah thinks so she has certainly had some appalling experience but you tell me oh no 
because good and evil are the same no not exactly please according to our philosophy because nothing can be performed in isolation all perform a good action when one is performed and when an evil action is performed all perform it to illustrate my meaning let me take the case in point as an example i am informed that an evil action was performed in the marabar hills and that a highly esteemed english lady is now seriously ill in consequence my answer to this is this that action was performed by dr aziz he stopped and sucked in his thin cheeks it was performed by the guide he stopped again it was performed by you now he had an air of daring and of coyness it was performed by me he looked shyly down the sleeve of his own coat and by my students it was even performed by the lady herself when evil occurs it expresses the whole of the universe similarly when good occurs and similarly when suffering occurs and so on and so forth and everything is anything and nothing something he muttered in his irritation for he needed the solid ground excuse me you are now again changing the basis of our discussion we were discussing good and evil suffering is merely a matter for the individual if a young lady has sunstroke that is a matter of no significance to the universe oh no not at all oh no not the least it is an isolated matter it only concerns herself if she thought her head did not ache she would not be ill and that would be end of it but it is far otherwise in the case of good and evil they are not what we think them they are what they are and each of us had contributed to both you are preaching that evil and good are the same oh no excuse me once again good and evil are different as their names imply but in my humble opinion they are both of them same aspects of my lord he is present in the one absent in the other and the difference between presence and absence is great as great as my feeble mind can grasp yet absence implies presence a absence is not non existence and we therefore entitled to repeat come 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 and in the same breath as if to cancel any beauty his words might have contained he added but did you have time to visit any of the interesting marabar antiquities fielding was silent trying to meditate meditate and rest his brain did you not even see the tank by the usual camping ground he nagged yes yes he answered distractedly wandering over half a dozen things at once that is good when you saw the tank of the dagger and he related a legend which might have been acceptable if he had told it at the tea party a fortnight ago it concerned a hindu raja who had slain his own sister's son and the dagger with which he performed the dead deed remained clamped to his hand until in the course of years he came to the marabar hills where he was thirsty and wanted to drink but saw 
a thirsty cow and ordered the water to be offered to her first, which, when done, dagger fell from his hand, and to commemorate miracle, he built tank. Professor Godbully's conversation frequently culminated in a cow. Fielding received this one in gloomy silence. In the afternoon, he obtained a permit and saw Aziz, but found him unapproachable through misery. You deserted me, was the only coherent remark. He went away to write his letter to Miss Quested. Even if it reached her, it would do no good, and probably the Macbrides would withhold it. Miss Quested did pull him up short. She was such a dry, sensible girl, and quite without malice, the last person in Chandrapur wrongfully to accuse an Indian.